Honey, in Tagalog, sinabunan ako. He gave me a bath. You know what is that in English? Those of you who have forgotten Tagalog, he spoke to me in love. He told me what was, where I can improve, which to me is wonderful. Can you imagine? I come all the way here. The first thing I hear is to be scolded by Danny, my good friend. Danny, praise God for you. And in song, by the way, my wife and I celebrated our 39th wedding anniversary. I always travel with my wife, uh, August 4. So it is a great adventure to walk with somebody for the last 39 years. And I was telling my wife, when I first met her, when I first told her, my first time to tell her I love her was the first Valentine. The first Valentine, we were together. I told her I love her. We got married. But then I realized I not only love her then, I even love her even more. That's a miracle. I tell you, it's a miracle. <laughs> All right. Well, praise God. We hear good things about CCFLA. I want to praise God for all of you. And as I was thinking what to share with you, I know we have been going through a series on intimacy with God. Well, this morning, I will continue on that series, Intimacy with God. But before we begin, if you don't mind, why don't we read one of the most famous chapter in the Bible? But before I let you read that chapter, I want to give you an exam. I heard that people from L.A. are pretty smart. And what I'm going to do is I will show you an animal, and you tell me what that animal represents. Is that okay with you? All right. What country? I give you a picture of an animal. You tell me what country it represents. Okay, so what did you say? England, Singapore, all right. Don't disappoint me now. Russia. You're sure? Okay, pretty smart. You will lose your citizenship. USA, all right. Very good. Wow. Wonderful. There is no country in the world that will use sheep as its symbol. Do you know why? Well, they are not the smartest. Unlike dogs, you can uh, drop them anywhere and they know how to come back. Sheep, they are not smart. And they are defenseless. They are weak. The biggest sheep is no match for the smallest wolf. They easily go astray. They need help. Somebody once said, God created sheep. Not just for lamb chops. <laughs> but to tell you and to tell me 
how we are to relate to Him. We are weak. We are defenseless. We are prone to go astray. And many times we think we can do it on our own. The older I get, the more I realize I need a shepherd. Do you know that the sheep will not really survive without a shepherd? The Bible tells us we are like sheep. We go astray easily. So this morning, I want to share with you a very simple truth. Everybody, let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd. If you don't mind, why don't you all stand up? Let us read one of the most famous chapters of the Bible. Psalm 23. Everybody? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou hast anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness, loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pause for a while and ask God to speak to us. Father God in heaven, what a joy it is to be with your people. What a joy it is to have the privilege of worship, to have the freedom to sing, to gather together. Lord, this morning I pray that your Holy Spirit will open our hearts, speak to all of us, give us ears to listen, hearts to understand. And once again, we thank you for your amazing love for each one of us. We pray also for the Philippines. We pray that you will have mercy on our country, that you will extend grace, that you help President Aquino in his drive against graft and corruption, that you give him wisdom so that he will know whom to choose as the next Supreme Court Justice. Lord, will you guide him? Will you guide all of us? Speak to us today. I pray for those who are hurting, those who are discouraged, those who are probably in the midst of giving up, that you will speak to them this morning. Give me wisdom, what to say, what not to say. We thank you for all that you are going to do in and through us. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. Please sit down. In Psalm 23, you will see the seven different names of God encoded, embedded in Psalm 23. You know, in the Bible, the name of God, His special name, His personal name is called Yahweh. You will spell it as Y H. W-H. They don't really know how to pronounce that name. So most translators will translate it as Jehovah. But in your new Bible, it simply is capitalized as capital L, O, capital R, capital D. When you look at your Bible and you see the word Lord as capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, it is referring to this name, Yahweh. But if it is just referring to Lord, Adonai, it's capital L, small o, small r, small d. But in this psalm, the different names of God, the compound name of the personal name of God is described. For example, let me share with you. 
Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. He guides us into still waters. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord our peace. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord who heals. He restores my soul. He guides us in the path of righteousness. That is Jehovah Tzidkenu. The Lord our righteousness. I fear no evil. You are with me. Jehovah Shammah. In the presence of my enemies, you have Jehovah Nisi. You sing this song. The Lord is our banner. He fights for us. And then you have, you anointed my head with oil. Jehovah Emkades. The Lord who sanctifies. Now what's even more amazing, in the New Testament, the Bible tells us who is this Lord. Who is our shepherd. For example, Jesus is called, everybody, the great shepherd. Hebrews 13 20. Jesus is called the chief shepherd. 1 Peter 5 4. Jesus is called the good shepherd. John 10 11. Question. Do you know Jesus? Do you know your Lord as Savior only? Or as your shepherd? There's a big difference. For many of us, we know the Lord as our Savior. Our Christian life is stagnating. It's not growing. Because your concept of God is He is Savior. That's all. No, no, no. He's more than a Savior. He's also our Shepherd. You see, unfortunately, this psalm is usually used in funeral services. Yes or no? Yeah, but this psalm should not be used in funeral services only. In fact, this psalm should be used every day of your life. Psalm 23 is amazing. It is sandwiched between Psalm 22 and Psalm 24. Psalm 22 is about the suffering Messiah. Psalm 22, amazing. Talks about how he died on the cross. Psalm 24 is about the coming king, the coming Messiah. But Psalm 23 is the present tense of what the Lord is doing. He is our shepherd. He is guiding us. So this morning, I want to share with you, may, perhaps you have known about this psalm, but you have no, never understood the implications. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you the most important thing about you is what enters your mind when you think of God. Let me repeat. A.W. Tozer once said, the most important thing about us, about you, is what enters your mind when you think about God. Think about it for a moment. For example, if you have problems, if you have trials, if you don't know the Lord, if you don't think properly about Him, you will worry, you become anxious, you become angry. Why? Because you cannot connect who God is with your present day situation. For some of us, problems mean what? God does not love me anymore. God has forgotten me. Remember, problems are inevitable. Misery is an option. Problems are inevitable. Yes or no? But anxiety is an option. Now, why do we worry? Have you thought about it? Why do you worry? What are you worried about? What are you anxious about? Is there something now that you're worried? Yes or no? Be honest with me. Okay. I ask you, 
Why? There's a difference between being concerned and being worried. To be concerned is wonderful. You know, when I walk in high buildings, when I'm crossing bridges, I'm careful, I'm concerned. But I don't worry. What is worry? That is one definition I don't need to explain. You know, why all of us are, we all have master's degree in worrying. Okay? It's always thinking. Always thinking, but you don't think the right thing. Okay? You're always thinking of the worst. Okay? You're always thinking negative thoughts. Yes or no? Alright. Why do you do that? Is it possible you don't know the Lord is your shepherd? The most important phrase of this psalm is in verse 1. Are you ready? Alright. Let's look at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. That is the most important. I shall not want. Notice. It says the Lord. Not something else. The Lord is my shepherd. To let you understand the power of understanding this first phrase, the Lord is my shepherd. There was a little church in America, maybe smaller than this. Every Sunday night, the members gathered together. And then they, after dinner, they gathered together, they sing, they have special numbers. For example, a little girl will play the piano, they would clap. After that, a small boy will uh, play the violin. They will clap. And then a couple will stand up. Like uh, Danny and Grace. They will sing Jewet. Example, and they will sing. Okay, and they will clap. And then there was this Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones was tall. But he was trained in uh, the theater. Like Broadway. And he was asked to give a special number. So what he did was m- memorize Psalm 23. With his deep voice. He, and all of his the Lord is my shepherd. Okay? Wow! After he finished, people were amazed. They clapped. And after that, uh, another uh, girl sang solo. But before it ended, there was an old man seated. And they asked the old man. His name is Mr. Smith. Smithy, please give us a number. The old man said, well, you know, I, I don't do those things. No, no, no. We want you to do a special number. And Smithy said, okay, but the thing I know was given already by uh, Mr. Jones, Psalm 23. No, no, we want to hear your version. Smithy said, okay, okay. So he began. He said something like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. Then he paused. He said, you know, five years ago, when my wife died, he called his wife, Mommy. When Mama died, I was sad. I miss her terribly. I didn't know what to do. I was lonely. I wanted to give up. Then I remembered, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Then he said, do you remember four years later, there was a drought. We almost lost our harvest. My children had to quit work and school. They came to help me. He said, 
I was grateful that they came and I thought we will not make it. But then I remembered, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. You know, I was stressed. I was anxious. But he restores my soul. At the end of Psalm 23, when he said, Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Everybody was silent. People were crying. And Mr. Jones stood up. Mr. Jones said, I know about Psalm 23. But Mr. Smith, he knows the shepherd. And that, my friend, is the difference between a Christian who knows about the Lord and who knows the Lord is my shepherd. Do you know the Lord as your shepherd? Look at this verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I want you to notice something. It is very personal. The word my shepherd, my, is repeated 17 times. The pronoun I, my. Very personal. This is intimacy with God. Notice the word is. The Lord is. Not the Lord maybe. Not was. Not past tense. Not future tense. The Lord will be. No. The Lord is. In the grammar, the Lord is shepherding me right now. Everybody, you say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd. Notice, not ours. Not yours. The Lord is my. It is experiential. It is intimate. You know, for some people, they say, you know, in the Philippines, we have this famous beer, San Miguel beer. You know, San Miguel beer is my shepherd. I shall not want. Marijuana makes me lie down in green pasture. You know, I do not know who is your shepherd. Okay, For some people, it's my boyfriend. My boyfriend is my shepherd. You're happy when your boyfriend is around. When you don't have a boyfriend, you're running around like something is missing. The Lord is what? My shepherd. Now, this might surprise you. Not even your husband, not even your wife, can really be your shepherd. I am the under-shepherd of our family. I do my best to guide my children, to help my wife. But my role is to connect them, eventually, to the chief shepherd, Jesus. Because the day will come when my children will leave me. And all of my children are married now. They have left me. But I am not afraid. I am not anxious. Because I know they know the shepherd. Sooner or later, you will be all alone. The best husband will disappoint you. The best wife will disappoint you. In fact, the best pastor, like Danny or Insom, they 
can and they will disappoint you. Do you know everybody in this room will sooner or later disappoint you? I guarantee you. The people around you, whether you like it or not, sooner or later, they will disappoint you by what they say, by what they don't say, by what they do, by what they don't do. Why? We are imperfect people, but the Lord, that's different. So let's read that together one more time. The Lord is what? My shepherd. I shall not want. What does it mean, I shall not want? You see, most people don't understand the meaning of the word want. It simply means, I will not lack anything. It does not mean you have no more desire. No, 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 no. On the contrary, it means you will not lack anything. I will show you how that word is used in the Bible. For example, in Psalm 34, verse 10, let's read this together. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Notice the condition. They that seek the Lord, sheep is supposed to seek after the shepherd. You are supposed to follow the shepherd. Now, if you fulfill that condition, the promise is this. You will not want what? You will not lack any good thing. Wow! That's an amazing promise. You will not want, you will not lack any good thing. Let me share with you how that idea is used also in another part of the Bible. Written by David also. Psalm 84 verse 11. Let's read this together. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. Notice. No good thing. Everybody underline that in your Bible. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk. Notice the condition again. No good thing will he withhold from who? From those who walk, meaning you follow the shepherd. I praise God that our shepherd is after our interest. For example, how how is that described in Psalm 23? Let's read this together. Everybody read. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Do you know sheep will never lie down when they're hungry? You see, we are city boys. If you understand sheep, shepherding, you will notice sheep will not lie down when they are anxious. They will not lie down when they are hungry. They will only lie down when they are full, satisfied. He makes me what? Lie down in green pastures. Now, what is green pasture? You know, most of us are familiar with this saying, the grass in the other the grass is greener on the other side. Is that true? But that's what you think. Am I correct? You know, every time I go to a restaurant, I don't know about you. When I go to a restaurant, my wife orders, my friend orders, but especially when I sit beside my wife, you know what she will do? She looks at my food. I look at her food without any permission from me. She will use her fork. <laughs> Why does she do that? Because in her mind, my food, my order is better. <laughs> so I do the same to her. I don't ask permission. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know, green pasture may not always, what do you think? But the shepherd knows. It is his job to make sure that the sheep will go into 
green pasture. For example, I'm reminded of the story of a man who lost his job. When he lost his job, he stopped going to church. And the wife asked him, why are you not going to church? He said, God does not love me. If he loves me, how come I lost my job? How can I provide for you, the children? The wife said, honey, just because you lost your job, you mean to tell me you stopped going to church? Is that why you go to church? You know, the wife was not a nugger. She does not say a lot of things. She just kept quiet after that. You know, wife, when you learn to be silent after a while, the Lord begins to speak to the man. So the man thought about it. He said, that's really wrong. He began going to church. Okay? Because the wife stopped nagging. So he can listen to God. Because if the wife keeps talking, the husband cannot listen because it's too noisy. But when the wife is silent, man, you will have your turn later on. Okay? And then the Lord gave him an idea. He loves carpentry. So he began to do small jobs, you know, fixing houses, repair. And because he loves his job, you know, when you love something, you, you do a good job. Right? Because it's like a hobby. He, he, he loves carpentry work. And he became very successful. People began asking him to build a house for them. So he began small construction. He began to build bigger uh, construction work like motels. And pretty soon he said, you know, why don't I build my own motels? He became very successful. He told his wife, honey, I want to go back to my job. I like to go back to my old factory. The wife said, why? I want to see the supervisor who fired me. I, I, I want to meet him. The wife said, why do you want to meet him? He said, I really wanted to tell him, thank you for firing me. You know, sometimes you don't like what's happening to you. But that is God's way of guiding us. You know, where you are right now is your green pasture. Can you turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, where you are right now is your green pasture. You might not realize this. Let's read this together, everybody. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Now, most of us don't understand the power of this statement. You see, sheep will not drink water when it's running, when it's noisy. So what the shepherd will do, he will make a small dam so that the creek, will, the water will not run. It becomes quiet. Because sheep have this unconscious fear that their wool will absorb the water and they will drown. So they will not drink even if they are thirsty. When the water is running. So what the shepherds will do, they, they will usually make a small dam. So literally, if you will look at the Hebrew language, you can translate this as something like this. He leads me beside still water. You see, God knows your fear. He knows your anxiety. He restores my soul. You know, sometimes we think physical affliction is bad. But do you know emotional pain can also be as bad? Some of us are hurt emotionally. And you don't know how to recover. So you spend money looking for psychiatrists. Asking psychiatrists to help you. I have nothing against psychiatrists, psychologists. But can I tell you something? In all my counseling experiences, I have learned that the best way to counsel people is to connect them to the Lord. 
to let them find their security, their sufficiency in Jesus. There was a man by the name of uh, James. His middle name is C, James Cass. His last name, I will tell you later on. James was a hardworking man. His father taught him the secret of success when he was young. He said, young man, two things. Number one, work hard. Number two, do to others as you want them to do unto you. Practice the golden rule. James remembered his father's teaching. So when he had a chance, he worked hard. He was fair to people. He bought his first store. It's a dry goods store. He named it the golden rule store. The first store. And he was successful. He began to have more stores. Now, you may not appreciate the golden rule stores, especially the new generations, even the older generation. But if you remember years, years ago, not during my time, but older than me, if you study history, the way they sell goods is like Divisoria years ago. How many of you remember Divisoria? Some of you have no idea about Divisoria. Okay? No, let me just tell you. It's a place where you haggle, okay? Uh, and the price tag are not in the goods. So, example, you are an American. You go to Divisoria years ago. If you see a price tag, 200 pesos. Now, you are an American. You will probably say, okay, what about 170? And the guy will say, okay, okay, 180. But if you are a Filipino <laughs> or a Chinese, you go to Divisoria and you see the you see the goods. How much is that? 200 peso. You say, okay, 20 peso. <laughs> so from 200 to 20, the fun begins, okay? That's what they do in those days. If you are ignorant of the goods, you get cheated. The Golden Rule store put the price tag. That's fair. So they sell the cheapest products. You know, because he's fair. They give warranties. Do to others as you want them to do unto you. He became very successful. And then, with so much money, he invested left and right. Now, it is when you get out of your own core competence, when you begin to invest in other business that is not your expertise, that's when you get into trouble. The depression hit, and he lost money in his other investment, and the bank begins to call the loan. And you and I know if you're in debt, and people keep calling you, you know, sometimes your neighbor calls you also, you know, and you want to hide away from people. It's very, you know, you can be anxious, you can worry. Man, the guy could not sleep. And his friend told him, something's wrong with you. They brought him to the hospital. The doctors looked at him, gave him a physical checkup. We cannot find anything wrong with this guy. But the guy was depressed. He thought of committing suicide. Then one morning, he could not, he woke up early. He heard music from the chapel. The doctors and the nurses and some patients were singing. And he heard this amazing song. The song that cured him. Would you like to know what is that song? Perhaps some of you are troubled, you're worried. Well, I want you to listen to this song. And perhaps uh, you'll understand the meaning of how God can restore our soul. 
I want you to listen to the words and imagine God speaking to you. Would you like to do that? All right. talking back to God. He said, Lord, is it really true you will take care of me? Lord, will you really take care of me? He said, Lord, I give up. I cannot solve my problem. Will you take care of me? And God whispered to him from the heart. You and I know when God speaks to us. You know what I mean? It may not always be audible, but deep in your heart, you hear God is saying, I will take care of you. This man believed because God told him, believe, I will take care of you. In 24 hours, he was discharged from the hospital. Now, do you want to know the full name of this guy? J.C. Penny. Ah, ah. Many scholars believe that was the day when J.C. Penny came to really know the Lord. See, when he was growing up, it was a Christian family. But I realize many young people today, you may know about the Lord, like some of you. You grew up in, in Sunday school, you sing songs, but the Lord is not really in your heart. You have religion, but you don't have relationship. J.C. Penny, that morning, made a choice to have a Trusting relationship. Lord, you are my shepherd. You will take care of me. I will follow you. I will trust you. You know, J.C. Penney gave millions to God's work. But he was healed, not by medicine, by the Lord. Now, I don't know what's going on in your life today. Anxieties, fear, I don't know. Perhaps God is speaking to you. But it's hard to trust the shepherd if you don't know who is the shepherd. How will you trust the Lord if you don't really know him? Why will you give your life to the Lord 
when you don't really know how much he loves you. And that's why this psalm is a good way of us learning to know more about the Lord. Look at the next verse. He guides us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Do you realize God guides us? The word righteousness, do you know the literal rendering, path? How many of you have walked through hills and you have seen paths? They are worn out. You know that is the path. That's the idea. It's a worn out path. You know this is the way. The problem with sheep, we have a tendency to go outside the path. We know the path is clear. He guides me in the path of righteousness. The word righteousness has has the idea of it is the right way. You know it is the right way. Now, people ask me, Peter, how, how does God guide us today? Very simple. Can I tell you how? In my own life, Fundamental principle is this. God guides me many times through His Word. Everybody, let's read this. Thy Word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. How many of you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Raise your hand. You believe the Bible is the Word of God? Higher, higher. Alright, if you believe the Bible is the Word of God, how many of you have read the entire Bible? Okay. How come the, some of you are not raising your hands anymore? You just told me, you believe, that the Bible is the Word of God. But you have not read the entire Bible. Why? Can I tell you why? Because your enemy is Satan. Satan will do everything to stop you from reading the Bible. Because the power of the devil is in the lies. When you have wrong thinking about God, you will react differently. If you don't have right thinking based on truth, you believe lies. And when you believe lies, your life will go astray. The problem with us today, you look at the movie, you look at the television, and you look at the media, and you think this is the way to go. Because you know why? They seem to be happy. You look at your classmates, they seem to be happy. And you look at your own life. Wow, following the Lord, it's... It's boring. It is not the best way to go. You are being deceived. The truth is this. Many Christians do not exemplify following the Lord. And you think that's Christianity. Listen to me, young people. Do not base Christianity on the lives of your parents, on the lives of other people. You must base Christianity on who the Lord is. You read the Bible. Because people are fallible. And some of you have been disappointed by Christian leaders. You have been disappointed by Christians. So in your mind, you say, I will have nothing to do with Christians. You know why? The problem is not Jesus. The problem is not the Bible. The problem is who? Christians. You know the biggest stumbling block for Jesus are Christians? We ourselves. We don't behave properly. We misrepresent Jesus. That's why I submit to you in CCF our emphasis is intimacy with God. We want everybody to come to know the Lord so that your lives will be in accordance with what He wants us to do. Notice that phrase one more time. Thy word is a what? It's a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. That's how God guides us through His word. Let me give you an example. I have a businessman friend who was very kind to me a few months ago. 
he brought me to a resort. And I asked him, tell me your life. He said, he was in a business that was making so much money. I said, what happened? He said, I gave it up. I said, why did you give it up? He said, in this business, I had to pay off from the governor down to the mayor, down to the Department of um, Natural Resources. You know what business he was in? He was in fishing business. He makes a lot of money. But the Lord impressed upon his heart. Now that you are a child of God, and he had no peace. You see, God guides us. God guides you. He will tell you what's right and wrong based on the Bible. See, the Bible tells us we must be men of integrity, character. If he cannot practice integrity in this business, he knows God is telling him, change. He changed. I said, was it hard? He said, of course. But I knew the Lord will take care of me. I was with the wife and the husband. The wife was so happy. You know why? The wife said when he gave up his business, he does not have to go to the province anymore. He's with me in Manila. And the Lord gave him new businesses in Manila. He is making better than when he was even before. You know why? You see, when you follow the Lord, it does not mean everything will turn out well. But in his case, praise God, okay? I have another friend. He was making two million net a day. That means 60 million pesos net a month. Big time. Would you believe it? His family life began to be shattered. You know why? With money and without God, you begin to have women, you begin to have alcohol problem. Comprende? And he was so bothered, he began to search for meaning in life. He came to know the Lord. He began to read the Bible. And when he understood the Bible, he made the most dramatic decision of his life. He quit his business. I said, what's wrong with your business? He said, legally it's okay. Nothing wrong. Except, I feel morally, that is not what God wants me to do. I said, what do you mean? Well, it does not bring honor to the Lord. I, by the way, I have permission from him to share his story of him. To make a long story short, he stopped doing what he was doing. So he had to look for, he had to change his business. And I said, how did you do? Would you believe it? For the next 10 years, he kept losing money. I realized to follow the Lord may be costly at times. He kept losing money for the next 10 years. But God in His goodness was testing His heart, developing His character, not to make money your idol, not to make success your idol, but to make Jesus your King, your Lord, your Shepherd. You know, God blessed this guy. How do I know He has blessed him so much? He is sponsored around uh, 60 pastors. I was one of those he sponsored to go to another resort just to be with different leaders in the Philippines to unify Christianity, the different Christian groups. My whole point is this. 
when you follow the Lord, sincerely, He guides us often through what? His Word. How many of you are singles? Raise your hand. Singles. Raise your hand. I have a heart for singles. Higher, higher, higher. Singles. Singles. Yung mga matanda, single din. Pwede pa rin. Pwede pa rin. Okay. Now, singles, listen to me. Single. You like to get married? Yes or no? Be honest with me. Of course, if possible, you like to get married. It's nice. I tell you. I praise God. I have a wonderful marriage. 39 wonderful years. But the point is this. What? If in God's mind, that's not the best for you. Are you willing to say, Lord, being single is going to be my green pasture? Are you willing to trust God? See, God knows what's best for you. Some of you, marriage may not be the best. Now, those of you who are married already, don't say, sayang, mali pala ako. <laughs> hey guys, if you are married, you are married. Comprende? Make the most out of it. Now, my daughter, <laughs> my youngest daughter, recently got married. And I gave, I asked permission from her to share her story with young people. You know, my daughter is one amazing girl. She was happy single. In my mind, she's not going to get married anymore. You know why? She loves the Lord. She serves the Lord. She's busy doing the Lord's work. Okay? I mean, she's very smart. Graduated summa cum laude. She's uh, in, in the top one of the top medical school in the country. So she does not need a boy to be happy. She's happy single. Just like my wife, she was happy single. I was happy single. And when you get one single person, another single person, when you marry two happy single person, what happens? They're doubly happy. If one is sad, and you marry another sad person who is looking for happiness, you put them together, you have one miserable, two miserable people, and doubly sad. Okay, So, people will not make you happy. Anyway, she understood the Bible. So one day, my wife and I, we were driving, I asked my daughter, have you ever considered this man? I did not know. She got irritated. Because she does not like this boy I was talking about. And then, she went to a conference. I was the speaker. She was there. I was talking about God's best. Follow the word of God. You know, God guides us step by step. On the break, on the way back, for whatever reason, I brought up the issue again. I said, have you considered this boy. And this time, she opened up. You know, she said, Dad, that is really very irritating to me. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? Dad, why are you asking me? I said, I'm sorry. I said, you know my heart. I only mean well. But you know, the Lord spoke to her. Because there's a verse in the Bible that talks about honor your father and your mother. So she said, all right, to honor my father and my mother, I'll give the boy a chance. She prayed, Lord, if you want me to give this boy a chance, because my point is just give him a chance. I'm not saying marry him. I'm not saying uh, become his girlfriend. Just give him a chance. I said, have you given him a chance? She has not given this boy a chance. And I discovered 
this boy tried to invite her three times already in the past years, okay? And she never gave him a chance. But this time she said, Lord, okay, if you want me to give this boy a chance, I will say yes. That same day, after a quiet time, that same day, the boy texted her. After one year, okay? After one year of no contact, the text came. Her, her hair stood up. Ano ba ito? Well, the rest is history. I realize you will only know God's path if you follow biblical principle. God's will will never, ever go against His word. For example, just recently, a lady came to me after this message and I said, how are you? She began to cry. I remember her story. Because years ago, she wanted to marry somebody who isn't a believer. So she asked her D-group leader, she asked her pastor, she asked us, and we told her, don't marry this guy. It's not the right time. He's not a Christian. The Bible is very clear. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Don't marry unbelievers. I said, the Bible is clear. But you know, I realized something. If you are not grounded, discipled properly, you don't guard your heart. When Prince Charming comes, you know Prince Charming? Devil hair, dark hair, tall, three M's, you know, money, mansions, Mercedes, okay? <laughs> and ladies, he gives you attention and you're not careful, you don't guard your heart. Well, she did not guard her heart. She came for counseling when her heart is already there. Sad. She proceeded. In three months' time, they separated. Do you understand why you cannot trust your emotion? Because we are never commanded in the Bible to follow emotions. Emotions can be wrong. But the God's Word, it's like wives. When the Bible says, submit to your husband. Ladies, is that easy? Of course not. Sometimes you are smarter than your husband. And you ask yourself, why should I submit? Mas magdaling ako dyan. But listen, I don't understand. That's God's principle. You pray. If you don't agree with your husband, you pray. That's another topic, okay? Now, gentlemen, you know what God commands you to do? To love your wife. So much that you're willing to die for her. Now, gentlemen, do you love your wife such that you're willing to die for her? You know, one guy heard this message and the wife heard it. The wife went home. Did you hear what the Bible says? You must love me enough willing to die for me. Yes, die now. Die. <laughs> That's not what I mean, okay? Alright. By the way, before you forget, the Bible says, He guides me in the path of righteousness for His what? Name's sake. You know what that means? How you behave impact His glory. You know, one day, my son and I, we were going to the same club. My son is a member of a club. I'm a member of the same club. And somebody told me, your son may not be allowed to use the facilities. I said, why? A delinquent account. I said, Paul. Okay, I said, Paul, what happened? You have a delinquent account? He said, I said, how much? 1,500 pesos. I said, what's the problem? He said, that is not my bill. Why would I pay? That's not my account. I said, if you don't pay for that account, I said, did you write them? 
No, I just called them. I said, if you don't write them, the accountant may not fix up. And in business, you, you, you have to have written proof. But in my mind, I said, this is something important. Can you imagine, if you see the name, delinquent accounts, okay, and you see the list of membership, and you see the word Tanchi, okay, P Tanchi, example, okay, you will say, we pastor namin, hindi mo bayad ng utang ah. You see, in my mind, that's important because it affects also, but I did not tell him that, okay, I said, you, you fix it up. Praise God. He fixed it right there and there. The people apologize and the people said, we will pay for you. Okay, we will pay for Because they are penalized. The staff is penalized when they make a mistake like that. But I told my son, you know, just because they will pay for you, I said, just pay it, okay? My whole point is this. When you don't behave properly, the name of the Lord is affected. So please, if you call yourself a Christian, bring honor to the Lord. And that's why God is saying He guides us because His reputation is also at stake. God is committed to you. And I discovered something. What is God's glory and what is good for us are the same. They don't contradict. What is bad for us is bad for His reputation. For example, what is good for you Blessing, peace, joy. That's good for you. When you follow God, it's good for His glory, it's good for you. But when you disobey God, whatever you think is good, it's bad for you. See, God is never selfish. But it so happens, He is the epitome of goodness. God is good. Whatever He wants us to do, is always good for you. But until you believe, whatever God wants us to do is good, you will not want to follow Him. You will think, you know, God is selfish. That's why what you believe about God to be true in your life is the most important thing. Wrong concept of God, you will not follow Him. Now, do you trust the Lord? Do you really believe God is good? Do you believe He wants what's good for you? Alright. Let's read this now. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. With me. You know what that means? See, you and I don't appreciate this. When summertime comes, the grass turns brown in the lowlands. So the shepherd will bring you to a higher ground. To go to the higher ground, you need to go through valleys. Now, literally, you can translate it this way. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I walk through deep ravines. It's scary. And sometimes God is guiding us and you don't like it. Because it's scary. Wow, why are you bringing me here? So you stop following the Lord. But the psalmist experienced the goodness of God. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, notice the pronoun changes. I fear no evil for you. Notice, no longer third person. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. From verse 1 to 3, it's third person. He guides us. But from verse 4 onward, the pronoun is changed. It's intimacy. You are with me. Your rod. You see, the solution to fear is the presence of the Lord. Intimacy. Lord, you are with me. I, know, I, I don't know about you. But my friend, another friend, he was supplying 
a multinational company. And one day, the multinational company, without warning, told him, we don't need your products anymore. Now, what do you do with a factory that has no more demand for your product? You've been a supplier of this multinational company for years. No choice. Shut down. It's one thing to close your factory for one month. He shut it down for six months, one year, two years. That's scary. But this man knows the Lord. He knew the Lord. He kept walking with the Lord. I said, did you ever get scared? He said, no, I know God will take care of me. God impressed upon his heart. If the multinational company will not want your product, why don't you come up in the market with your own product? And you know, this is what he did. Would you like to know what he did? Well, this is tricky, but I will see if I can show you what he did. Okay? He decided to make his own product. Do you see? The, oh, you cannot see this, huh? In that case, that's okay, brother. Why, you solved you solve the problem? No, that's okay. Let's forget it. Let's forget it, okay? I can only see it here. Since I'm the only one who can see it, uh, you don't have to see it anymore. So, um, he came up with a product. Do you know the name of his product? Do you know? Yeah. He came up with his own toothpaste. Oh, you, you, you have to put it back. Okay. It's called Happy Toothpaste. Because my daughter is now married to the son of the owner, I'm now endorsing Happy Toothpaste. (laughs) Sometimes following the Lord can be scary. When my wife left the beautiful city of San Jose, you know, San Francisco area. So come to the Philippines. Her mother asked her, what about your marriage? You will be alone. My wife said, Mommy, if God wants me to marry, I will marry. My wife said goodbye to all her boyfriends. I'm just kidding, okay? <laughs> but, can, but, you know, it's not, it's not always easy to follow the Lord. But my wife was guided by the Lord. She knew that her calling is to share the gospel. God gave her a calling to love Asians. So she went to, the, to Asia. Her headquarter, her headquarter was the Philippines. It so happened there was a, a man <laughs> in the Philippines. To make a long story short, the rest is history. <laughs> My whole point is this. To follow the Lord is not always easy. You will only follow Him if you are convinced in your heart that God loves you. He wants what's best for you. He is our shepherd. See, most of us don't know the Lord. That's why you struggle following Him. You struggle serving Him. You don't really know the Lord. I submit to you, if you love the Lord, if you know the Lord, you will love Him. If you know the Lord, you will serve Him. If you know the Lord, you will talk about Him. My wife and I, just this trip alone, we witness to different people. We cannot stop talking about the goodness of the Lord. I remember in our anniversary night, 
we were in this expensive restaurant. My, my daughter, my son-in-law treated me to this amazing restaurant. My wife was seated beside somebody. I was seated beside somebody. Would you believe it? It is a three-hour dinner. You know why? The chef will explain the dish. Okay? Every dish he will explain. I got this from Australia. I got this from the organic farm in uh, L.A. Okay? So everything he has to explain. Then he cooks it. That restaurant, have you heard of the restaurant kitchen? Okay, I suggest you guys go. It's in Sacramento, but you have to reserve. Because there's no sign. They stop putting up sign. Because they turn away customers. It's always booked. Every night it's booked. They open exactly at 7. By the time you're finished. So we have so much time. So what did I do? I talked to my neighbor about Jesus, about prophecy. My wife talked to her neighbor. Why do we talk about Jesus? Witnessing is the overflow of your relationship. Serving God is the overflow of your relationship. So I submit to you, don't focus on your behavior first. You focus on knowing the Lord. Who is Jesus? Is He the Son of God? Is the resurrection real? Or is everything a myth? This is just a fairy tale. Listen to me. If Jesus is not true, the Bible is not true, don't waste your time. Don't even come on Sunday. You know why you're wasting your time? But if the Bible is true, if Jesus is true, my friend, nothing is more important than following Jesus. He is good. Amen? You know, let's read this one more time. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, what is a rod? A rod is around 18 inches. It's used to defend the animal. It's used for protection. The staff, you know, a staff is six feet long. It's, there's a hook. When the sheep goes astray, what will the shepherd do? Yang. Now, I don't know how true this is. But I was reading about a tourist who went to Syria and he saw a shepherd with a sheep. And the shepherd was carrying the sheep and the rest of the flock was following him. And the tourist said, why do you carry the sheep? He said, well, his leg is broken. Why is the leg broken? You see the splint? Yeah. Why? I broke the leg. Why do you break the leg? He said, well, this particular sheep keeps going astray. So I broke his leg so that he would learn to be beside me. So he put up the spin and every time it's time to eat, he brings it down and the sheep will eat. When it's time to move, he carries it. He said when the time the broken bone is healed, the sheep will never go astray. You know, sometimes God disciplines us and sometimes it's painful, but it's never to punish us. I don't know about you, I'm stubborn. I've been disciplined by the Lord many times. Have you been disciplined by the Lord? You do? Oh, we're the same. Is it painful? Yes? Oh, same, huh? Same. <laughs> now, have you learned to follow Him? Or are you so stubborn? You know, sometimes we are so stubborn, we want God to spank us again and again and again. You know, when I spank my children, is it because I hate them or do I love them? I love them. That's a comfort. His rod and His stuff. Well, 
Now, I don't know what Insong did, but the thing won't move anymore, okay? <laughs> so, I'm going to say in closing, I want to show you a picture. This is one of my favorite pictures, okay? Do you see this picture? Got it. Alright. You know why it's a beautiful picture? You see the cat? If the cat can memorize Psalm 23, you know what the cat will say? The Lord is my shepherd. I am not afraid of German shepherds. <laughs> As we close, let, let's finish this. Thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou hast anointed my head with oil. My cup Overflows. You know, again, you and I don't appreciate this. A sheep, when he sees a wolf, will look at the shepherd. When the shepherd is beside him, the, the sheep, the sheep will keep eating. He's not afraid of the wolf. You know why? The shepherd is nearby. Our security is not the absence of danger. It's the presence of the Lord. So you must always be intimate with the Lord. Thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the midst of trials, you can be at peace. What is the next verse? Thou hast anointed my head with oil. Again, what, what, what is this oil business? Again, we don't understand. If you are a shepherd, during summer, you have summer flies. The flies will land in the nose, in the ears of the sheep, and they will lay eggs. When the eggs will hatch, the worms will begin to crawl inside the membrane, and, and that's bad news. Okay. So what will the shepherd do? You put oil to prevent the summer flies from laying eggs on the head, the forehead, the, the face of the sheep. It's always for our protection. You see, God protects us. He loves you. You see, you have learned that our shepherd provides for us. Our shepherd guides us. Our shepherd protects us. Do you believe God is always protecting us? But sometimes we're so stubborn. He wants you to learn his lesson. And then look at this verse as we close. Surely, everybody read, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, my favorite word here, you might think it's goodness. No, it's a good word. Surely goodness is good. Loving kindness, that's a very important word. It is, it is a theological word, meaning unconditional faithfulness, unconditional love. But that is not my favorite word here. My favorite word is found in the next word. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me. The word follow, literally, in the Hebrew language, it means chase. Goodness and loving kindness will chase you. Eventually it will overtake you. Let me give you a story. There was this man, after leaving the motel. In the Philippines, I'm careful when I use the word motel. But in America, you understand motel is not a bad place. Okay, Motel is it's, 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 something, it's, it's decent. Well, after leaving the motel, he was driving in the highway and he noticed there was a police car behind him. And the police car began to blink. Now, everybody look at me. If a police car is right behind you, and the police car is blinking. What must you do? You better pull over. Am I correct? 
Of course, in the Philippines, you can try to outrun the police car, but <laughs> you better be careful, all right? But he was thinking, oh no, oh no. I have so many unpaid traffic violations. <laughs> if the police will check my license, he will suspend my license. Oh no, oh no. I promised my wife to take her on a vacation. I'm going to drive to Miami. Oh no. He was thinking, but the police car was blinking, okay? He was not stopping. So the police car overtook him and told him, pull over. So he pulled over. Oh no. In Tagalog, patay kang bata. Dead ball, dead ball. And then the policeman said, are you having a guilty conscience? He smiled. The policeman said, here is your wallet. You left your wallet in the motel. And I was told to give it to you. Oh, thank you, thank you. And then the policeman said, incidentally, you also won a raffle. The The motel owner told me, it's a free vacation for two in Miami. <laughs> by the way, you must call by today to claim your price. Have a good day. Many of us are like that man. We run away thinking God is a policeman, always trying to find out what you did wrong. Am I correct? What is your concept of God? Is he like a policeman? Maybe like your father or mother. Or what time did you come home last night? Huh? Or is God somebody who loves you? Who wants to bless you? Why are we running away from Him? You know how do you run away from God? You stop attending worship service. You stop reading the Bible on your own. You stop attending a small group. Why do you run away from Him? May I suggest... Don't run away from Him. The word means what? Everybody read. Surely, goodness, loving kindness will what? Will overtake me. You know, as I look back in my life, I praise God. It has not been easy. I've gone through a lot of valleys. But you know, as I look back, goodness and loving kindness has overtaken my life. If I can do it all over again, I will live my life. And I will tell my children, follow the Lord. Follow the shepherd. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know for God's people, death is never the end. The best is yet to come. Now, where can you find such a life? Where you are blessed even now. And you are even more blessed after you die. See, blessing... It's present tense. The Lord is what? My shepherd. But some of us find it very costly to follow the Lord. Can I tell you something? It is even more costly not to follow the Lord. You know why it's very costly? You don't know what you will miss. I was just thinking, if my wife did not follow the Lord, if I did not follow the Lord, we would not have known what we would have missed. Perhaps there will be no CCF. I don't know what I would have missed. But I praise God as I look back. I will never trade my life. I want you to follow the Lord. God is inviting you today. Not just to be your Savior. 
He wants you to be what? He wants you to know Him as the shepherd, the good shepherd. Question, how can you be sure He's our shepherd? Can I share with you how to be sure? Jesus tells us. This is how you can be sure. Everybody read this. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Notice, two tests. My sheep hear. Do you listen to the Lord? The second test, they follow. I saw this picture of a group of farmers, ah, a group of shepherds. They were having coffee, having a good time, and all the sheep were all mixed up together. Suddenly, one shepherd would stand up. This is in, this is in the Middle East. And he begins to walk. Now he makes a noise. I don't know what's the noise. Meh. Or meh. I don't know. He makes a noise. And suddenly, his flock, his particular flock, will follow him. The rest stays. You know why? My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. Don't complicate Christianity. If you are not following Jesus, perhaps He is not your shepherd. It's not about head. It's listening and following. So I submit to you, the blessing of God's people is amazing. Look at the promise. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one shall snatch them out of my hand. Once you commit your life to Jesus, you will never go. You can go astray. He's going to bring you back. But you won't get lost. I believe in eternal security for God's people. Provided you're God's people. The rest of your life, this is what you should do. Everybody read this. For the rest of your life, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. You've got to keep on knowing the Lord. Let's bow our heads. I want you to ask yourself this morning, is the Lord my shepherd? If He is not, it's never too late. You tell Him today, Lord, I want you to be my shepherd. Not just my Savior. But be my shepherd. I want to trust you and follow you. Talk to him. Humble yourself. Some of you need to repent. You say, Lord, I've messed up my life big time. I'm stubborn. I've been going my own ways. But I know it's never too late to follow you. Today, I want to follow you. Pray something like this. Lord Jesus, today, I humble myself before you. I accept you today as my Savior and above all, as my Shepherd. Help me to listen to your voice and to follow you. Give me the courage and the faith to believe that you are good. Be my shepherd. Thank you for being my shepherd. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Amen.
Let's give God a big hand for our pastor. You know.